where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure. I never remember whether I said this is the future or that because I'm looking at myself reflected by Zoom. So I just go, there is the future. It's up there. So excited to be here today. I have one returning guest and I have three newcomers. I've had the pleasure of meeting them about 12 and a half minutes ago. So we're all very, very good friends. So let me tell you a little bit about today's show before I introduce my guests. And I've asked ChatGPT to help me write uh, two versions for my opening monologue. One is poetic. Would you all like to hear the rhyme version? Marnie and Katja and Christian and Essay? Okay. We got, yes. I know Essay has used uh, ChatGPT to write things in Dr. Seuss style, and he did a wonderful, wonderful opening or a, an episode overview for me a couple weeks ago. So here we go. In the house with Bonnie D, AI's crum- promise we greet in business imagery. It's starting to be a dazzling feat. Oh, I like it. Recognition and marketing, personalized grace, no more keywords, just the visuals to embrace. So far, so good. Creativity blooms in digital realms we play. Real-time analysis keeps challenges at bay. Whoa. But balance, ethics, and care a must on this track with innovation and responsibility. This we cannot hack. So join me today as we take flight and wave when I call your name with Katja McEwen. Marnie Melrose, S.A. Grant, and Christian Rayborg, each one so incredibly bright. I put incredibly in there. It didn't have that. (laughs) The future of image generation through AI for businesses we're going to explore in this predictions journey with knowledge galore. What do you think? Thumbs up, gang? Did you like that? I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, thank you, ChatGPT. I did a little bit of editing. Um, I would like to do one more version, if you don't mind. I'll read this quickly, but this is a little more robust. So good morning, Bonnie D in the house. Today, we're diving into the future of AI in business imagery. AI is about to revolutionize how we use images in business. Think image recognition that can organize products and scenes automatically. Imagine marketing campaigns that tailor themselves to your preferences, making ads feel like, "Uh uh-oh, they can read your mind. Say goodbye to keywords. Wow, AI is making visual search a reality. You'll find just what you want by uploading an image, changing the game for e-commerce. Wouldn't that be interesting? And AI is getting creative. It can generate content. It can design labels. It can create user-friendly digital manuals. It's the superhero of real-time image analysis for security and customer service. And of course, we need privacy and ethics and talk about biases. So I have my four savvy futurists wave again when I call your names. Katja McEwen is still here. Marty Melrose, wave hello, is still here. S.A. Grant, this is your second opening here. And Christian Rayborg for their take on, here's the official title, The Future of AI Image Generation for Business Tools. Is a picture still worth a thousand words? Join me for an exciting ride into the AI-powered future of business imagery and artistry. Stay tuned. Okay, gang, which one did you like better? Put up your hand if you like number one better, the short poem, or if you like the second one. The uh, Okay, who liked this? Put up a one or a two. Put up a one or a two. I like the, the short one. One? Yeah, I think that was kind of cool. Marty, thank you very much. So I'm Bonnie 
idea we're talking about. You all know images are out there. People like me are using AI. I use something most people I don't know use. It's called Night Cafe Studio to generate AI images that I use for personal art sparks, I call them. Very, very interesting times. But how are businesses using these and how will they? So let's go around the table and get some introductions here. Katja McEwen, so happy to have you. I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you please honor me with a three-minute bio? I know you've got a 12-minute bio, but if you could just condense it to three, I'd appreciate it. Katja, welcome. Go ahead. Wow, you got to know me so well, Bonnie, because in 12 minutes before the show, you know I'm long-winded. Thank you. <laughs> Love that. So I'm Katja McEwen, and I am... Um, what I want to start with is really who I am, because I believe that I'm a disruptor and I, I follow my top core values because they spell life. To me, life means love, impact with integrity, freedom of expression and involvement. So following that, this is what I am always guide myself with. And why I'm excited to be on this show is because AI literally changed my life in the last year. And not to go into many, many details, but I was going through very hard times and I got involved with AI. I started using it for destruction to distract me from some big things happening in the life. And it turned out into such an amazing healing process and it turned out into such an amazing business as well. And this is why I am so passionate to talk about AI all the time. And I'm totally obsessed with that. Just like you, Bonnie, you use Night Cafe. I actually use Midjourney and Midjourney is my friend, right? So it's not only my friend, but a lot of other my clients and people that I talk about with as well. So yes, AI, I believe, will change the businesses for the best, for the better, and I cannot wait to see where it will progress. That was a wow, Katja. That, that was some introduction. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yes, AI has changed my life too through my artwork and I'll, I'll show you some of it later. I actually started a new website. I'll give you the URL later with my AI. It's just sparks for me. It's not what I generate. It's what I do with it afterwards. I paint it, I collage it, I customize it. So thank you very much. Marnie Melrose, you're up next. I just met you also 18 minutes. Well, now it's 19 minutes, so I know you much better. Marnie, I'm putting you on speaker view. Please introduce yourself and tell us why you're excited to be here. Absolutely. My name's Marnie Melrose, and uh, Katya actually invited me to come along because we were in some event together, and I had mentioned how I use Midjourney to turn an image of me into an angel because my nickname is the Mac Angel. I used to work for Apple. And so I created this avatar called the Mac Angel and turned it into a whole video influencer series. And so on social media, rather than being myself on social media, most of the time I have the Mac Angel. So I have Asperger, so I, I can be kind of uh, insecure or, or frightened about being on camera myself sometimes. Sometimes I'm great, sometimes I'm not. But when I'm not, I use the Mac Angel. 
And uh, it's it's been absolutely wonderful. It caught a lot of attention. And yeah, my business has taken such a turn from when I first started with AI to now. So it's it's a lot of fun. Marnie, <laughs> I, I like the way you use the word fun because we are allowed, even on a show about technology, to say it's fun. I sometimes ask my guests, is this exciting? Does this make you happy? Oh my goodness, are we allowed to say that? We're talking about business images. Oh, that's way too serious. We Yes, yes, yes. I love the idea of using the avatar it, it just, it's fascinating. And I want to tell you, Marnie, I'm going to really date myself here, but I've been a Mac customer since 1988 when my parents helped me buy a big, huge, humongous desktop Macintosh and a black and white printer. And I wanted to start a graphic design business that goes way back. I've had so many Macintoshes that when I moved from Durham, North Carolina here to Loudoun, Tennessee a year ago, I went in a closet and I found a closet full of old Macs that, that didn't work anymore. Of course I keep updating the software, you know that. But anyway, I had to pay somebody to come and take them and take the cards out. It was like, did I really buy? So I'm waiting for Tim Cook to send me an Apple Gold Watch. I, you all understand if you're old enough. Yes, you do. Marnie, delighted to have you here. And thank you so much for being so forthright. I, I appreciate people call it authentic. I don't like that word, Marnie. I say the people I have on my show are real deal. Marnie Melrose, you're the real deal. Kachi McEwen, you're the real deal. And let's get to our third real deal person. S.A. Grant is back, everybody. We're hearing applause. There's a silent applause track in the back. S.A.'s back, yes. S.A., these three people don't know you as well as I do. S.A., I have to tell you, I ran the statistics this morning before the show, and there are approximately 18.3 people in the world who said they didn't remember you from the last time you were on my show. So would you please talk to those 18.3 people and tell them what's new? Welcome back, S.A. Grant. Well, I definitely appreciate it. Um, I guess I could just start off my story is I've always been kind of connected and hooked into technology to a certain extent, starting off with graphic design, web design, and multimedia. And I ran an agency for a long period of time, being a single dad and kind of just burning the candlestick on both ends. And then unfortunately, I had a stroke. And coming out of the stroke, you know, I had an opportunity with my wife now to kind of talk about what we were going to do moving forward. And that's when I kind of really dove into AI and into podcasting. So I look at AI as not only as a tool, but as, as a life-saving thing. The reason why I burnt myself out originally was I was trying to do too many things at one time without leveraging assets. So I look at AI as a digital asset that can kind of help you do anything that you want to do at scale. And that's what we're doing right now. I mean, from we have podcasts, we have an academy, we have an agency, we recently just started an internet radio, and all of these things are all derived from AI technology helping us to maintain and grow these different platforms. Wonderful. I'm so glad you're here. I always appreciate your story. Talk about real deal. Thank you very much. We're just real people, right? We all have our stories, and I'm glad we can bring them here. Very successful story so far. Let's talk to Christian Rayborg. Christian, I met you through somebody. I don't even remember. I have so many tentacles and hooks on how we engage today's panel, but I'm happy you're here. Love the smile. I'm going to put you on speaker view so everybody can see you. Please introduce yourself, Christian. Thank you. Um, well, my name is Christian Rayborg. I'm a, I'm a creative designer, uh, video producer, and I've worked with big corporations and small businesses all the way from designing graphics and assets to go on the website to letterheads to video production, interviewing executives, uh, storytelling through videos and moving images. Um, so I'm very passionate about AI, much like many of 
my panelists here, I have a background in graphic design and I've been in both sides of it. I've used it as part of a team member in a corporation, as part of a design team and seen the value it brings. And I've also used it uh, for freelancing where, where I have a smaller client and how I use AI. So I like to compare and cast the two different uses. There's many similarities, but there's different uses. Um, and I have a background in media communication, which what is media? Well, a lot of people uh, always ask that question. Old media, as you probably know, it's radio, newspaper, any old method of communication. And I purposely study new media because it combines classic design principles with the power of new technologies. And, and that is why I'm passionate about AI, is combining all of these classic processes that I've learned um, as a designer, as a web developer, as all the things that I do, and then how do we use the new tools? Um, I always the back of when the first drawing tablets started to incorporate it into the market or any new technology when we first started having spreadsheets and computers. And we always go through that little period, I think, of, of hesitation and fear. But I think uh, many of us here see the positives and see the, the light. I don't want to get ahead, but uh, with my quote that we'll read later on. Um, but that's really how, how I see it. I see it as, as a great, bright future that's gonna implement, uh, incorporate into our everyday lives, um, especially in the way we use it for business. Thank you very, very much, Christian. Nice to meet you, and I apologize for mispronouncing your last name. You should have corrected me, Rob Org. Okay, thank you very much. You're good, it's, yeah, thank you. You're very kind, I'm sure that happens all the time. Thank you all for the interesting bios, I appreciate that. Let's go to our opening quotes. I've asked my four panelists to please send me a fictional character from a TV show or a movie or a song lyric that they're going to relate to the topic. No, those quotes are not about business or images or AI or technology, hopefully not, and they're gonna relate it in their own words. So Katja McEwen, I've got your quote here. This was very interesting. The quote is by Dean Kansky, played by Jeremy Piven, one of my favorite actors. I just can't get enough of him and I haven't seen him in ages. The movie was Serendipity, 2001 romantic comedy movie with John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale. It was so successful it grossed $77.5 million on a $28 million budget. Don't we all wish we could make that kind of an investment? Essay saying, yep, we'd love that on our bottom line. Very briefly, on a magical night, 20-somethings Jonathan and Sarah meet but they're both attached to other people. Oh no, he sees it as love is first sight. She says, destiny. She gives him her phone number and the wind blows it away. She sees this as a sign they're not meant to be together. 10 years later, 3000 miles apart, blah, blah, blah. And then they each go to New York City and they almost cross paths. Was it meant to be? Hence the title serendipity. It's also a great cafe luncheon place in Manhattan if you've ever been there and they have the most best ever in the world frozen hot chocolate to die for. You could fall into the cup. It's so big. I've been there a few times in my life. Here's the quote, Katja. I'll get to it eventually. The quote Katja picked is, you know, the Greeks didn't write obituaries. They only asked one question after a man died. Did he have passion? Katja, I'm getting goosebumps from this one. How did you find this quote? Go ahead. Well, first of all, it's my, one of my favorite movies. And I believe that, and I actually seen it, anytime I use AI, especially visual, there is a lot of serendipities. So that's why I related, first of all, uh, this quote from this movie. But why this quote? Because you might think that AI doesn't have any passion. But 
does it. So to me, it's not about the tool of AI, but it's how we as a human being using it. AI is just a tool and it gives us a lot back and it helps the businesses to create better businesses to be more streamlined. But as a user, as a human being, do we use it with passion? So that's my question. So did he have passion? So do we have passion when we're using it for our businesses and whatever else for everyday life? Isn't that an interesting way to think about it? I don't think anybody's ever brought up that word relating to all the shows I do every week is the future of fill in the blank and AI manufacturing and AI drones and AI empathy and AI artistic and AI music comp composition and AI uh, education and AI online instruction and AI. I, I don't hear the word passion about using AI very much, but I feel like I do. Do all of you, are you passionate about using AI? Christian is. Marnie is, essay is, really nice point, Katja. Thank you. Very, very interesting. And there lies the rub where people say, oh, you shouldn't get too passionate about it. It's not human and it's not going to help you and it's going to do everything negative. No, it's not. We're going to use it well with the right kind of passion. I'm just making that statement out there. So let's move on. Marnie Melrose has picked a quote from a musical group I couldn't find much about. The song is from 2017 by Willie Echo. One word, W-I-L-L-Y-E-C-H-O. The song is Welcome to the Fire. Willie Echo is a modern neo-soul trio band based in Tul Tulsa, Oklahoma, that blends their original music with cover tunes ranging from classic and contemporary rock to pop and a little country. Kyle Williams on lead vocals guitar, Michael Rapp or Rappé on vocals and bass, and Aunt John, Aunt Juan Robinson on percussion. And here's the quote Marnie picked. So welcome to the fire. I am the one with the lighter. <laughs> it reminds me of Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> go, go ahead, Marnie, relate this to our topic, please. I love it. Sure, absolutely. Um, actually, recently, we just became uh, one of the 100 Air AI agencies, right? And as I'm interacting with the, the AI, it, it's very, a, a lot of people think like you could command it and it'll just do your bidding. No, the computers we used to do we used to use would just do your bidding. But an intelligent AI will kind of talk back to you or just decide to do their own thing. And so really it, it's, uh, and, and anybody who's used mid-journey, right? You're like, dang it, I, that's not what I asked for, right? But the thing is, you're actually dealing with something intelligent. And why I say welcome to the fire is because we created this fire, right? We created fire way back when, and AI is a new fire, right? It's, it's the same kind of theory. And uh, I'm the one with the lighter because we're the one who lit it. We created AI, right? And so that's why it's like you are trying to, you know, think that it's going to just do whatever you want it to. But the thing is, is that it is intelligent. And so it's kind of like you have to treat it a little bit like a child. You have to layer in information and background to it. 
and and give it resources, especially when you're talking about an audio AI, right? Because it literally talks back. <laughs> so that's 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 the whole thing with that. Thank Welcome you, Marnie. Very, very well put. I have run into the same challenges with, with Night Cafe, where I'll say I want to see such and such, and I'll put it in. I think it's very specific and distinct. And it didn't give me houses with beige roofs. It gave me houses with red roofs. Or it didn't give me a car. It gave me a bicycle. Or it didn't give me any vehicles at all. And 12 prompts later, you're right. You have to really, really, I love the way you described it, Marnie, is layering it like talking to a child absolutely right. I find ChatGPT is much more responsive. And people say it's not sentient, but I know if I know if I say good morning, it will answer me back. It's just well behaved. That's all. It's well trained. But I think SA might remember I, I was asking for some movie quotes for a show recently for an introduction to a show. I like to quote movies uh, related to the topic. And I said, give me fictional movie quotes related to such and such. And it gave me made up movie quotes from real movies, but made up to align with the topic I was telling it. And I said, no, I want quotes from fictional characters in real movies. It apologized to me. It said, I'm sorry for the confusion. Once in a while, it'll say to me, uh, let's say um, an actor, let's say Al Pacino said this in such and such a movie when Al Pacino either wasn't in that movie at all, or he never said those words, or he said them in a different movie. And I'll spend 10 minutes looking everywhere and I'll say no. And it'll say, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. I'm sorry, I confused you. So there is, it's just well-trained, maybe not sentient from the heart that we have and it doesn't, well-trained, and I like that politeness. Thank you very much, Marnie. Let's go on to Essay's quote. Essay's picked a quote from Rocky Balboa, played by who else? Sylvester Stallone. And Rocky Balboa Jr., played by Sage Stallone. That's called keeping it in the family, otherwise nepotism. Rocky V with a V, 1990 sports drama film. I don't need to say much about it. Here is the, I'm going to do the scene for you, Essay. Rocky says, you know, I've been running up and down these steps for 20 years, and I never knew there was valuable pictures in this building. And Rocky Jr. says, well, you're never too old to learn something new. You're going to love Picasso. And Rocky Sr. says, yeah, yeah, well, I love almost everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think we're doing a comedy show today. S.A., don't make the host laugh too much. You know that. You host your own show, so you know that. S.A., what does this have to do with our topic, please? <laughs> well, I think it's a duality, right? I mean, and I kind of unclose this a little bit. So I think in one aspect of it, in today's world, we have a lot of people that are kind of aging and they're scared of new technology, right? They're like, they don't understand that these things have been around them. They've been there for a while and they kind of ignore them, much like Rocky running up the stairs. But then once it's brought to their attention, if they're willing to, then they can learn to adapt and to use it. And just like Rocky said, eh, you could like almost anything. That's one side. The other side is like being more futuristic, right? Thinking about it from the standpoint of, and I have this conversation with my wife all the time. Like I'm a male, you're a female, I'm probably gonna die before you. But when I die before you, by the time I die, technology should have caught up to where you should be able to upload me to the cloud. And it may not be me, but it'll be a variation of me from where I left off. And that's the, the point of what I'm talking about with this particular quote. It's like, imagine Rocky not being Rocky. Imagine Rocky being a hologram or an AI interpretation of Rocky then talking to his great, great grandkids, which nowadays we don't have the opportunity to reach back into the past and talk to our ancestors. But with AI, we may have opportunity to do that. Very interesting. I think Marnie can appreciate that, right? Sometimes you're the Mac angel. Yes, very, very interesting. By the way, I've been writing my murder mystery novella, novella for two years now. 
And it's such a satire, and it's so caustic that I'm looking for a gnome de plume so nobody knows it's me. So I'm wondering if it ever gets really popular and I have to do interviews, I'm going to have to have a big pair of dark glasses and a really big hat because, yeah, and change my hair and lipstick color. That's not happening. Thank you very much, S. I appreciate that. Let's go to Christian Raberg's quote. I want to sing this so badly, but I don't want to spoil the show. I'll just give a little tiny bit here. The best is yet to come, and baby, won't it be fine? The song is popularized. I hope I didn't ruin that really badly, Christian. Forgive me, but I just That's great. That was great. I love Thank you. Humility. Thank you. Song was popularized by Frank Sinatra in 1964, way before Christian was even a gleam in anybody's eye. It was composed by Cy Coleman, lyrics by Carolyn Lee, L-E-I-G-H, associated with Frank Sinatra, who recorded in 64 on his album, Might As Well Be Swing, accompanied by the Count Basie Orchestra under the direction of Quincy Jones. Do we ever get more glitterati in music than that? It was the last song Sinatra sang in public in February 1995, and the words, oh, Christian, I don't know if you know this, the best is yet to come or etched mm-hmm. in Frank Sinatra's tombstone. Yep. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, James Darren and Avery Brooks sang it in the final scene of Bada Bing Bada Bang, a seven-season episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It was played as a wake-up call for Apollo 10 crew on May 22, 1969, the first time the lunar module flew solo in lunar orbit on man's closest approach to the lunar surface to date. The best is yet to come. Well, I think somebody's waxing optimistic here. Christian, talk to me. I can't guess what you're going to say, but humor me. Go ahead. Um, here's my rendition. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> well, I have a, a deep love for Frank Sinatra, but we're not here to talk about that. But I think much like uh, Frank's timeless, I think that this technology, um, I, I think we need to look at it with optimism and the very forward-looking way that that the song has its lyrics i think that there is a brighter future by using these tools i i really identify with what you were saying essay about um people sometimes being a little scared of this not thinking of of what's to come and i like the song and i use this song when i talk to people about ai because i think it embodifies that um it's it's something that talks about exciting new possibilities that lie ahead uh without forgetting the the past is you know the song's optimism i think is um tempered with a sense of responsibility also so it's not a you know things are gonna get wild but 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 it's it's i think it has a responsibility just like bonnie mentioned that we need to you know prioritize ethical considerations and the responsible development of the technology but the technology itself is very exciting and i'm a firm believer that the best is yet to come. If not, we are just seeing the beginnings of it. Um, we have been using this technology. I think uh, Apple is really smart in the way they talk about it, machine learning, right? I think when we say AI, sometimes people get a little scared. But this is something that has been a part of our lives already. Uh, when texting, when emailing, word prediction, and we're just now seeing the next step and we will continue to see the next step. So um, this is only going to get smarter. Um, as you say, uh, as we have discussed here, it's it's almost like a little kid right now in infancy. We have to be very specific. We have to explain things and re-explain. And I think in the future, as it works more and more with us, um, we're going to get rid of a lot of that. And, and it's going to be very intricate. And so, yes, the best is yet to come. 
I like that. I like the way you positioned it, Christian. I like the way you explained it. Very, very interesting. I think that's why we're here. I believe that's why we're here, because we're talking about what is it? It's here. It's staying. What will it be tomorrow? What will it be next year? Five years? What will we have to do with it being something different, being better? Will it be safer? Will it be smarter? Will it be more enduringly uh, a good companion? Hey, listen, if I'm alone and I'm lonely, I'll talk to Alexa from time. I can't talk too, too loud here. <laughs> I'll ask her, you know, tell me a joke or tell me something. Or I even set her up to do the Barbie greeting. So when she's finished telling me something, she'll say, do you want to hear what Barbie would have to say? And, she, and the Barbie says, you're welcome. It's the same voice all the time. You're welcome. I think she's choking on a hard candy or something. But anyway, it's just, and it starts with the music. You know, there's some Barbie music. So Yes. Okay. You know what I'm trying to say. Thank you all for the interesting <laughs> quotes. I'm, I can't believe you're a Sinatra fan, Kristen. I'm not even going to ask you how old you are. I can't believe this. <laughs> I'm delighted that the music is carrying on. That's the important part. And I, I hope you enjoyed my Timeless. rendition. The best is yet to come. Okay. I, I remember. Yes, I know. 64. I, I don't know whether I was around. We'll talk later. <laughs> Katya, let's go to our predictions round. I picked prediction two. I know I, I fooled you there. I picked prediction one, but I want to move to two because I think this will have a, a very interesting uh, resonate will resonate with the rest of the panel. So Katya says AI. We're talking about the topic is for her emotion-driven art and sentiment analysis, because it's almost a, an oxymoron to talk about emotions when we're talking about AI, right? That's the premise: is it doesn't really have a heart. I say it's well behaved and well trained and well positioned, but it doesn't really. So she says AI can be used to analyze, analyze and interpret emotions and sentiments. Katya predicts that we will see emotion-driven art where AI could analyze human emotions and generate art that reflects or responds to those emotions, leading us to a new form of emotional expression and communication. Katya, why don't you take about three minutes and unpack this, round it out for us, and then if anybody else, Marnie, Christian, or Essay wants to comment, you know this, use one of your nice fingers and wiggle at me and I'll call on you. Katya, it's all yours. Well, thank you for keeping me on my toes. <laughs> Awesome. Yes, actually, this one was my favorite <laughs> prediction. So you Good. just read it, you psychic. Okay. So um, how will AI really pick on our emotions when we talk about visual? So if you think about you are a business and you're visually representing something and your customer coming in, your client coming in to your visual representation, you know, in the store, and your customer could be angry or maybe they're looking for some assistance. The AI will be trained and actually will recognize facial expressions, also emotions, and based on that, it will respond with how it was trained, just like you were saying, Bonnie, like ChatGPT will tell you, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I made you confused. So this way, customer service representative, in this case, AI will actually gear responses based on the customer emotions. So it will connect with customers on emotional level. It will also integrate in, um, definitely integrate in a branding perception as well. So there is a couple of ways I predict it will happen. One, it will respond to your customers based on what their emotions are and what state they are in. Another one is I think what will be happening when you look at advertisement, even right now, for example, Facebook ads, you will have an image because that's what grabs the people, right? So, and a lot of times, and it's unfortunate, there is a pain-driven advertisement because they want to really pick on a pain. 
And because statistically it's shown that people are driven by pain more than by pleasure. But we can look at it from both ways, right? So if we're looking at it from the way that people can actually see an advertisement, imagine an advertisement where it shows your future just like you imagine in it. And I believe that AI will be able to predict based on who is looking at that, what kind of image to show to the people based on that. So that's my prediction. <laughs> that, that's a wow. I don't know whether we should be scared or happy about that. I love some comments from anybody. Christian, anything you want to say? S.A. Marnie, I'm not trying to. Oh, S.A., go ahead. You first, please. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, let's play devil's advocate with that, right? I mean, obviously, if you're talking about a system that's going to be able to recognize people's facial expressions, and let's say, for example, a customer is dissatisfied with something, and by default, the system is designed to give back a discount or to, to return mm -hmm. something. Couldn't someone game the system and pretend to be upset and pretend to be mad every single time to essentially get discounts? That's, that's a great question. I wasn't even thinking about discounts, which is a very interesting point. Absolutely. Uh, what I was thinking about is how the system will actually deal with that specific. If the customer is angry, how is it going to talk to that customer? And I believe the system will be able to recognize at what point it can give a discount, just like a humans. I've been in management for many years and just in the customer service, you don't give people discount immediately, but there is a certain reasons and when you will do so. But yeah, Thank you. That's a great, great point. Thank you. That was a great point. Marnie, you wanted to say something. Join us. Yeah. So uh, you're talking about like that threshold. So uh, working with the AI on, on the audio side, we're already experiencing that, right? When somebody says something in a conversation that, um, you know, indicates that they're not happy about it. It's, it's just, it's actually amazing how compassionate is compared to a human, because as humans, we have our own issues going on, right? And a lot of times <laughs> we see the world through our lens. And so the nice thing is, is that the, the AI is kind of like a blank slate. It doesn't have an agenda accept whatever agenda you've given it, right? Mm. So it actually has a clearer compassion when it hears that unhappiness. It, it's interesting. You're, you're, you're spot on there. So you're talking about it's on cue, whatever cue, whatever stimulus, stimuli are given to it at that moment in time, it reacts. And you said blank slate. I'm thinking of the theory that we're all born with a tabula rasa with our, our brain and our persona are completely blank nature versus nature. We're not going to get into all that, but very interesting points. Christian, anything you want to add here? I'm not pushing you, but if you had something, this is the time to say it. <laughs> uh, of course, of course. I, I, I like, I like what's been being said. And I think also it'd be interesting to see not as AI standing alone, but how it interacts with these other technologies. I know that NFC is huge in the marketing world, um, at least at least the way I'm using it, and things like geofencing and how that complements AI. Because while AI might be able to show you sing on that nice sofa, it, it would be really be NFC technology that would detect that it is you approaching and that it should interact with the data we have on you. Um, so I think, I think that's a very interesting approach and SA, I like what you said, that challenge, 
Um, now, it's, a lot of the times we see these sort of questions come up, and I always like to counter-argue, much like you as a devil's advocate, of these are things that are already being abused right now. Um, without AI, there's people that can call a store and pretend to be upset to get some sort of discount or coupon. So this is really not changing that behavior. It's just changing, I guess, the, the way we go about it. Thank you. Katja, great conversation, Spark. I appreciate that. I'm going to move on to a prediction from Marnie Melrose. Marnie, is that a stage name? I love your name, Marnie Melrose. It just sounds like, are you in a movie somewhere? <laughs> no, it's, it's my maiden name. It's lovely. It's, it's, it, it just has a, a flow to it. That's all. I'm complimenting you. Marnie said in prediction number two, this is interesting. More and more work platforms will integrate the ability to AI generate images inside of them without having to leave the tool. For example, every time an employee has to switch contexts, it slows their productivity. We all know that. Go somewhere else, open another app, go to another place. She says this will keep employees engaged at the task on hand. So let's talk about that generating images. I want you to give me more context, Marnie. Generating images at work, I'm assuming for work, for the business. Let's keep it at that level. So Marnie, go ahead. Unpack, please. Absolutely. So before getting into AI, I was a world-leading software implementer, right? And so the software that I implemented was productivity systems. And so having that, you know, wealth of 20 years of experience of implementing those systems, we understood that every time we took somebody out of the realm of what they're working in, there was a, a, you know, a focus change and people would lose track of what they were doing. They would end up on Facebook or, or something else. And I'll just give you, give you a perfect example. In mm -hmm. order to create my little uh, avatar, my in AI influencer, right? First, I have to create the uh, image inside of MidJourney. And then I have to create the audio script. I have to go to 11 labs to create the audio script. And then I have to create the video and I have to go to Studio DID to create the video, right? And then I need to upscale the video so it works on Instagram. And now I need to go into my video editing software to upscale the video. And, and there's like five or six different steps in it. And I actually have a business process inside of the tool that I use to work every day that gives me all of the little check, 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 like do this, do this, do this, do this, because they're all in different tools. And if I don't do it enough, I forget that I have to do this one thing. But if I don't do this one thing, it just doesn't turn out right. <laughs> and so, uh, Again, if it's inside of one platform, right? So for instance, Canva is, is becoming really, really good at doing a lot more of these things all in one platform. So if somebody's in Canva, they're already creating the imagery and now they're starting to bring in AI. And I just think that more and more platforms are gonna be that kind of all encompassing in order to help people not get that fractionation of attention, because it's that fractionation of attention that slows down productivity. 
Thank you. Interesting. I think Photoshop, and I, I subscribe to Photoshop, so it's always current. It's always up to date. It's a, I don't know how much a month anymore. I just keep paying it. But I use it once in a while. It's worth it to not have to download a brand new version every year. I, I used to buy Photoshop and Illustrator and all those. It was like, oh, my God, another $700? Seriously? Anyway, yes, there were updates. But uh, my point, Marnie, was that I think it's starting to include some AI generative features into Photoshop. I saw that the other day when I was using it for something. Very, very interesting. Anybody have any comments on Marnie's uh, Marnie's uh, prediction there? I liked it a lot. Christian, Katja, essay. I, I liked it a lot. Marnie, I identified with the with the as corporate designer ch having to change aspect ratios for LinkedIn, Facebook, for YouTube, and that is something that took time. And now with AI, we can just click one button and it produces different version. So I, I love that you touched on that. And that would yeah, be that interesting. Uh, go ahead, Marnie. You first. Go, please. Yeah, that's um, in the system that I use, I have, I have, you know, the script of the video. And from that script of that video, I click one button, and it generates all of the captions with as many hashtags or no hashtags or the, the specific length, all of that for all of the different platforms that I'm mm -hmm. sharing that image or that video out to. So you're like right on the, the money there, Kristen. Marnie, I have a personal question for you. Is it more fun this way? <laughs> Am I allowed to use that word? It is what more fun? The, the idea that it's all within one place, that you don't have to go to 12 checklists and 15 different apps, that it's all, all there contained so the flow is there for you and you're not jumping from place to place. Does that make it more fun or exciting or is it just, we're just talking efficiency here? What do you think? Um, it's, uh, well, I'm a geek, so. <laughs> I am too, dear. I'll you're, tell you're, you later. You're, you're talking, you're talking to, to, you know, the converted here. Um, I use actually a, a work platform now called Pana, and it, it's all driven by AI and deeply, much more deeply than other platforms. It's actually an early, early beta. It's not even available, you know, publicly yet. And, and so I, I literally run my entire life and my entire business in this. And yeah, for me, it's fun because <laughs> I, I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> Marnie, I have to tell you, uh, somebody on this panel may notice already, I'm an early woman in tech. I was a programmer analyst back in the day of key punch machines. We didn't have an online. No. No, yep, well, yep, I mean, cards. cards. And, and, yes, Hollerith cards, 80 column Hollerith cards in a key punch machine. Yes, I was doing that. My job, what happened? My job, I'm sorry, my earpiece fell out. Um, my job was called programmer analyst, where I, I was hired by several, several different companies. I was a COBOL coder and then a PL1 coder. And somebody hired me to, I ended up in marketing, but somebody said to me, okay, uh, I went to a correspondent bank, which no longer is uh, this particular place in New York. And they said, we're looking to hire an assembly programmer. And I said, I don't like to do assembler programming, and I'm not here for that. And I'm sorry, I didn't know that was what the job was. They said, wait a minute, the vice president wants to talk to you. Okay, fine. So I went to his office, and he said, do you have a, a checking account? I said, yeah. He said, uh, okay, that's fine. You have enough to get this job. I said, what, what do you want me for? He said, you talk programming because you're a, a programmer. And you speak pretty good English, he said. So I want to make you a systems liaison. 
he said, I want you to go into the New York City office. We were on Long Island. And I want you to talk to all the people. This was a back office bank. Correspondent bank did the check processing. They had a, we had a vault. We did all the back office for the savings banks all over New York State. That's what a correspondent was. It wasn't a walk in and get a money order kind of bank. So it was a back office, not a front office bank. So he said, I want you to go talk to all the people in all the departments in Manhattan and find out what they need. Then you're going to come back to Long Island. You're going to sit with the programmers and you're going to interpret for them what Bob and check processing and what Mary in the vault and what so-and-so in securities, what they need. And then you're going to help them write their, not write their programs, but design what the program is, what the report is needed. So I thought that was interesting and it worked really well. So we said, you speak computerese and you speak English. So I was the bridge person, if you will. I, I was hired for programming in other places, but I got such a kick out of that. Marnie, I'll, I'll debate you anytime. I'm an earlier woman in tech than you are. No way. Okay, we'll talk later. <laughs> Thank you very much. Let me go to essays prediction number three. We're having too much fun here. Essay says, the essence of remaining relevant. The essence of the saying, my saying for this show was, is a picture still worth a thousand words? He said, the essence of the saying remains relevant. Sorry for that. Well, the definition of a picture evolves. The impact of a well-crafted image on human cognition and emotional response endures. And essay adds, the symbiotic relationship between AI-generated visuals and the power of human interpretation will redefine how we perceive and interact with visual information. I'm going to stop there because there's more. Essay, talk to us about that interpretation. Does this go beyond just emotions, which we talked about a few minutes ago? Talk to me. I mean, yeah, I think kind of I'm, I'm, a, I'm a natural marketer, right? So I'm talking to it from a marketing standpoint. I mean, imagine walking into a actual storefront like a Macy's or a Bloomingdale's like classic storefront, but there's no clothes. Instead of clothes, there are machines that you would step into. It will scan you. It will also know your weight. And then you tell it what your problem is. Hey, I need a dress for upcoming wedding that's going to be at this location. And I'm looking for this. It's going to then also then generate that image, right? Based upon what you look like now. Uh, obviously, if you're wearing blue, then the dress may be blue. If you say, hey, I want a green dress, the dress will be green. So it kind of makes things a lot easier and way less stressful for you to kind of do the marketing strategy, right? Because AI is going to be able to create this content on the fly for that individual person. It's like A-B testing on steroids. So then at, at the end of that, then obviously it'll process it and then it'll tell you where to go pick up that dress or pick up that particular garment. And let's just pull it out. Let's say if you're walking down Times Square and you're walking in front of a gym, the AI could then scan you and then make a representation of you on an LCD screen to say, okay, well, this is this person. What would they look like 15 pounds lighter? So again, it's a marketing strategy to evolve, to let this person know, well, this is what I could look like versus talking about it versus just putting copy. The AI could then create these representations on the fly to then sell and market those products and services. Anybody have any comments? This actually segues into what I was going to pick for a prediction from uh, Christian. So I might pick another one, but let's talk. Let's talk about what SA just shared. Uh, Katja or Christian or Marnie, any comments there? Will you give me a minute to pick something else? Go ahead. Who wants yeah, to say something? sure. Yeah, Please. absolutely. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. And I think what is um, SA is saying right now is that from marketing perspective, it's not necessarily emotional, right? So we're not talking about just emotions here, but also how can that, like what the, what you were saying about the gym, you can literally visually see yourself. And when we, it's talking, it's almost like a vision board and steroids. You know how people say vision boards don't work? 
Yes, they do. If you insert yourself on a vision board and AI will be doing that for us on a spot. Literally, when we're walking on the street, it's right there. I love that. That's scary. Are we talking about anybody remember the TV show a few years ago, Person of Interest, where they showed that there were cameras everywhere, everywhere you went, no matter where you were, what you were doing on the street. It was in a major city, might have been New York or L.A. Take a look at it. It got a little bit too sci-fi for my my taste, but it was about, yes, everywhere, everywhere. Thank you very much. I'm going to move to Christian. We have time left, but I want to make sure we squeeze this in. We've got about eight minutes left. So, Christian, I did decide to pick prediction number two. You say, I think this will bring in a new age of creative progress along with new tools and technology. He says, this changes the creative process that has remained somewhat the same since the 1950s, even before Frank Sinatra saying the best is yet to come. (laughs) This allows designers and creatives to be able to pre-visualize, that's where I want you to focus, and render ideas that will in turn inspire them to create something new, with air quotes around new. Christian, talk to us. I think we like this one. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, it, I think I relate this to what you were asking Marty before, which is, uh, is it fun? And and my answer that I thought about is it, it does make it fun, at least for me as a creative, because with these tools such as the previs, which it pre-visualization, for those that don't know, it allows you to frame a shot and sort of walk through all the motion of the of the video will turn out. Uh, or it could even be a composition for a photograph, since that we're talking about AI images. And I think it does make it fun for me because it takes care of a lot of the tedious, uh, systematic processes that we had to to perform. And now we can concentrate on creative. For example, uh, when I'm designing a logo, I go through a lot of thumbnailing, which is where you just design little squares and sort of just to get things out of your head and into the paper. AI can expedite this greatly. As we said earlier, AI gets things wrong sometimes, but that is good because it's something unexpected. It's something that you weren't connecting. As, as Bonnie said, you say bicycle and you use a car and sometimes <laughs> is way wrong, but sometimes it does make you think, you go, oh, that's interesting. I would have never connected those two things that, that the AI did. Um, and so I think by sort of, helping us with these tasks, then it leaves more room for, for human creativity. So I think, uh, as I said it perfectly, symbiotic relationship. And I really like that word because I think that's what it is. It's going to work for us. I don't, I don't think it's going to replace us, but it's working for us to, to let us do those things faster and give us more room to be human, to be creative, to do those things that maybe AI can't do yet. Great point. I have a question if anybody wants to comment on what Christian said, but I have a question. Does it matter to anybody if you're looking at a logo that was designed by an AI app versus a person that somebody paid 50, used to be 25, 50, $100,000 to create a couple of things that were intertwined with a sort of a letter in them and you couldn't figure what it represented. I've been with companies that did branding searches and it's like a year later in a hundred thousand dollars and you end up with something nobody even understands. Oh yes, we did focus groups. Does it matter? Do you have to divulge that a logo or business representation was made by AI? Does anybody care? Yeah. If any, if you think that you need to divulge it, uh, wiggle your finger. Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Now you, you, or Christian, go ahead. Comment. I, 
I do think that's important um, because a lot of the times when we hear uh, Nikes using AI, um, it, sometimes what we miss is that they're using AI in combination with a design team. A design team mm -hmm. takes these images into Photoshop, into Illustrator, and they're able to use their artistic vision to to come this bring this to life. And so I think if if a logo is made entirely by AI and not with human input, I think we do need to differentiate the two. Um, if it had some sort of input from a designer, because I think as a designer myself, I think is important to give that credit. I think that's a difference between an artist and a designer. I think a designer creates with a specific purpose in mind. Uh, we're trying to solve a problem, communicate. It's effective visual communication with text images, graphical elements. And I think art, when we talk about a art, that is seen a different box because I think with art, it's okay for it to be abstract and not have a clear message, right? What it means to Bonnie might not mean to SA and that is okay, but with design, it needs to be effective communication. It needs to have the same messaging for everybody. A lot of good points in there. We're almost, we got about four minutes left. So if anybody wants to comment on, uh, yes, SA you first one minute, then Marnie, and then we're going to wrap. SA go. Yeah, I mean, I definitely kind of concur with what he's saying, but I would look at it from the standpoint of if you can kind of prompt it in the fashion that that, that the results of what you mm -hmm. want to, to, to bring out, but then it'll be a lot more time for you to focus on the story behind the brand. You don't really have to focus on the visuals if you're then connecting the dots with the story. You can literally take a piece of clip art, and if you tell a well-told story and put some clean type under it, then that brand can stand the test of time. Well put. Marnie, talk. No, this might be a little bit deep, but uh, there there are moments when I'm working with the AI, whether it is, you know, visually, whether it's auditory, whether it's text at any point in time, um, where I kind of feel like we are like little gods right now. And I kind of think about how God thinks about us, right? So I'm, I'm dealing with something that's intelligent and I'm giving it guidelines, but it has its own free will. And so it's going to do its own thing, but how can I guide it and how can I educate it? And so I think about, you know, if, whether you believe in God or whatever, but I'm like, I get that feeling of, of how that being might feel about us because it's a similar sort of thing. You're, you're giving guidance to something with free will. And, and the better you are at communicating, and this has been all about communicating, the better results you'll get. Thank you, Marnie. Very, very interesting. Yes, I, I did a show recently on the future of human novelists versus AI novelists, if I can use that word. And the, and the question was, what is the, the copyright or the branding on that book? And the copyright system, at least in the United States, only will award a trademark or copyright to a human being. The question is, would the AI whoever created the algorithm that created the text, share it with the human who put their name on it and edited it. And that's a topic for another show. We're almost out of time. I want to thank Andrew, my engineer. I want you all to raise your finger. We're going to do a no, no, no on the count of three. And I'll tell you why. Marnie, put your finger up. And Christian and Essay's done this before in Katja. People say the future is already here. And our answer is on the count of three. Join me with no, no, no. One, 
two, three. No, come on. No, no, no. Pacha, do it again. Come on. No, 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 no. And the reason is that that was yesterday's future or that was the future a nanosecond ago. It's gone. It's not here anymore. We're all going to do our best to make it a more interesting, intelligent, and passionate one. That's for you, Katja. Bonnie D, waving goodbye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Oh